Blog Talk Radio. Lovers, Steve, so far, has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was, All the people uh, were present. Indeed. You know, having a cipher, um, brother for Force DVD. Shout out to Force DVD. Like, I really got to reiterate that. that oh, brother, sure. Um, very powerful hip-hop blog. Shout out to K-Shines from the Dot Pop. You know what I'm saying? We did an interview with the Young Guard, uh, one of the brothers on the rise up in the um, freestyle battle arena. You know, he built with us today. You know, the yeah, brothers that brother from the, brother from Harlem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got bars. Zip him up. Those things. So yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with him. Is a very integral, integral part to what it is that we're doing uh, by bridging the gap, information highway, bringing the information to the project, bringing it to the hood, bringing it to the trap house, bringing it to the corner, bringing it to the young guards, the young soldiers, and the brothers on the front line. That uh, you know, the caterpillars who may be on a quest to become uh, butterflies in their next life. You know what I mean? In their transformation, they want to evolve and, and take this information and let it do something for the growth and development. So, brother, before CBD, he had the uh, internet blog, a video, a video out there. This almost could be compared to a Vlad TV or even in its, in its uh, potential, a world star hip hop. And my brother, Georgie Donovan, right. is from the hood. Hey, Rashid, go back like the bronze hairline, you know, goes back <laughs> like Logo Sapien. And um, they've been, you know, just evolving and moving through life together. You know what I'm saying? His brother's also uh, very influential in his generation. He's called African. The phone's popping up. Yeah, I don't know. But the phone, let me see. Did it drop? Yeah, the phone dropped. So he got to call me back. I am waiting on Block Talk to respond to me. Like I said, I just got a bum bill. It hit me with a little 15-minute clip. So I have to uh, get the show extended, all right? So I'm waiting on the good people from Block Talk to come through and do what they got to do. Episode info tag. Episode, episode info tag. Now give me one second. It's time to... Um, Episode info tag. What's going to do? Studio space. Episode info. I'm trying to make sure. I mean, I'm making sure I'm not overlooking something here. So info. I'm on ticking. Co-host friends and co-host back in. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Hello? Yeah, yeah I'm here. They, they, they got this new studio thing set up, so I'm like trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. I said they got this new studio thing set up. I'm trying, I'm working on figuring out Oh, they changed it? 
change the time. Yeah, they won't. It's not letting you go in there and change the time. So, so I mean, you mean change the time for the show? No, when I I, log, I, I signed up in my, on my phone, and on my phone they didn't allow the, um, you know, it said show duration, but when I was clicking on it, it wasn't giving me the option. You know what I'm saying? So oh. I just pressed the show, and when I got to the show, that I had 15 minutes. So it's only okay. set for 15 minutes? Nah, it's changing now. I just hit them up in the, uh, I just hit them up on, uh, I hit the oh, good people up, up on Blog Talk. Okay. Yeah, so she's changing it while we're talking, yeah. It's been a lot right. I got to tell you about this retrograde family. This going to be, it's going to be a serious one. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting yeah. early indications. Yeah, this is, this is the real deal. It's retrograde. Somebody brought that up to me yesterday. It's retrograde. I'm pressing it, but I think, yeah, it might have actually start tomorrow or something like that. But, um, you know, nonetheless, you know, we're going to battle through that thing and we're going to do what's necessary, you know, to make sure that we uh, get these, uh, these signals out. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. You know, so, we got the time change. We good. We in the building. You know what I'm saying? Um, chat room is open. I am about to send the notifications out. Family needs to share this. All right? This is one of them conversations that you're not going to forget. Please. I don't know how many times we got to tell you, but this this is a continuum of, you know what I'm saying, the shows. Yeah, this is going. This is it's going to be one of those clips. So let's not get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Definitely need to let the family know that you're here rocking out with the best on KTL Radio. Renaissance of the Soul is about to go down. Real talk. You have an exclusive invite, you know, to behind the scenes of how the fashion industry is being run. This is unprecedented. It's not something that you get every day. Yeah, it definitely isn't. You know, but right. I want to get back to the New York thing. All right. If I got Please do. Okay. Oh, so hey. I was saying, what I was saying is the brother from Forbes DVD, you know, is um, yes. getting the information well, into different. Yeah, hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? My brother, Doggy Diamonds. Yeah, I can hear you, man. All right. So, um, you know, just salute to him. We had an interesting conversation today uh, on 2 you know, dealing with a few different topics. Uh, one of them was right. the uh, the evolution of debate, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, brothers were talking about the, uh, the evolution of the debate in terms of the uh, integrity and virtuosity being returned to that art form, I guess you could call it, versus the direction that it was going in um, previously. You, you feel what I'm saying? 
where people were utilizing that platform for personal attacks and slander, things of that nature, low frequencies and whatnot. So the brothers were talking about the upgrade and the, um, you know, what they have planned for the future in terms of that platform. We also talked about economics and other things. So, you know, just look forward to that video dropping. It should be very interesting. Uh, check out me and Brother Sutek on um, Baba TV every time. We did uh, a video, Baba. a visual Yeah, Baba's doing the work, a video presentation to coincide with the uh, audio presentation that he did on this show, The Hidden Colors of Black Economics. So that is the title of the video that's on Baba TV every time. I think it's Baba TV at YouTube. And um, we have a lecture coming up. It's going to be sponsored by House of Consciousness on TV. It is going to feature Brother Red Pill, hopefully special guest Brother Blue, um, yeah. Brother, uh, <laughs> yeah, our brother Sutek, and also Professor James Smalls is going to deal with technology, economics, you know what I'm saying, among oh. other things. Oh. So, you know, just introducing this KTL empowerment uh, aspect of what it is that we've been building on for the past uh, months and whatnot. I encourage all of our participants and all of our supporters and everybody who wishes to grow with information and financially, you know, and spiritually for that matter, to uh, just be our vanguards, ride with us, you know what I'm saying, because this is something that's going to benefit the collective. This is not an individual task or this is not something for red and blue. This is something for the consortium and the network to actually come together and make things happen like we said we were going to do. So, Okay. That's basically what's happening. When you see anything that you see me doing, building, connecting, it's all in that. So it's all on that frequency. It's all done in that name of unifying the uh, the principle. So we could really, yo, my dude Reggie, <laughs> you you you've been watching the brother Reggie, right? Out here in Harlem. You you know what? TV. I want I want to say this, and Reggie's my dude. You know what I'm saying? But I haven't been catching. Yeah as much of Reggie's bill, Reggie's bill as I would like to have, as I would like to. I've been getting phone calls about Reggie's bill, you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. a brother that I have a lot of respect for. So I, 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 I owe it to myself to catch more of what he has to offer because I, I respect his mind, you know what I'm saying? I know that he's one of those he's one of those minds, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, people whose minds that I really respect, I'm hearing great things about Reggie's bill. So, yeah, I got to catch up. Oh, yeah, his scientific approach to to comedic philosophy and comedic sciences and the medunets and things of that nature is very impressive. He dropped something on me about waves, you know what I'm saying, particles and um, and, uh, antibodies and stuff stuff of that nature. But he was just talking about the wave theory and, um, you know, just the fact that all of us together, this energy, this this, this current, this uh, spirit, rather, is going. You know, this called the conscious community, whatever they whatever they want to label it. This week, it's a wave. You know, and when waves break yeah. up and when waves are shattered, waves become particles. The particles are individuals 
particles are not necessarily the wave, you know. So I'm yeah. focusing on getting that wave. I'm focusing on that that tsunami family because in waves, waves are the things that you know. It's, it's gamma rays. It's you know uh, all kind of different waves. You know what I'm saying? Photon waves, and these are the things that bring all kind of creation and light. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I just put a post up about that, you know what I'm saying, the other day. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very interesting. And um, you know, I was I was talking about the fact that the present doesn't exist, you know what I'm saying? The now is always illusory, you know what I'm saying? It's not solid. It's formless. Um you know, like the brother said, you know, creation starts from negation. You know, they rocked you to sleep and told you there's nothing new under the uh, under the sun because the new stuff is born at night under the moonlight. That's when the plants grow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. they just rocked you with the language. Excuse me? Huh? What you said? No, I, I was agreeing with you. So, yeah, you know, what, what we have to even understand about the wave is that it's like the brother Buddha Clinks was saying last Friday, the wave is not confined to, um, you know, anything. Uh, it's not confined. It's not. It's not. It's not solid. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's the the past is dependent upon the present. It changes. You know, you could change your wave. They showed you that in Hexman. You know. Indeed, change the so, wave. Yeah. You know, hold that on your consciousness. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, talking about waves, as we go into this retrograde, like I said, we silver surfing, you know, we silver surfing. I, I do want to let the family know next Friday here on KTL Radio, we will be following up, you know. Brother KT, the Arc Degree, we'll be doing the X-Men breakdown. <laughs> oh, yes. Did I say the Law of 44 presents? KT the Arc degree, Hollywood decoded, because this is all Law 44. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm happy with myself. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that previously I haven't been happy with myself, but I'm somewhere else with myself. At this, I have a different appreciation for my mind. I have a different appreciation for my relationship with my higher self, or that supernal supreme force, you know, that people like to attribute whatever name they want to attribute to it, you know what I'm saying? I just call it my higher self, you know, the big homie. Um, the things that I have been bestowed with as of lately in regards to breakthroughs, you know, to furnish me with the keys to the universe, I'm like, I'm in awe and I'm humbled that I would get these downloads and, and, and be allowed to... Uh, you know, be the caretaker of this information. And also, you know, I'm blessed with the artistic talents to be able to put it into a presentation where when I bring it to the family, it's going to be funky. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be fun. This is going to be a lecture unlike any you've seen before. My shit is inclusive of everyone. I'm sharing a platform with mad people. You know what I'm saying? It's a community lecture. You know, I'm dealing with circular thoughts, so I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta pass the mic around. You know, there's so many people that participated to this presentation. I can't do it myself in their voice. That's how they movies are made. They gotta come forward and do it. That's how classes how are movies made. Is made. 
That's how classic album. Yeah, as I sit here, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just in awe that all my life, you know, I was born into this world. When I was born into the world and under the conditions I was born into this world, everything was for a reason and for a purpose. And I'm in my 38th year on this planet, I'm, I'm really finding my purpose in life, you know, and I hear people say that, and, and that's like not me saying that I, I learned how, oh, shit, I'm 38, and I figured out I know how to dribble a basketball. Nah, you know, I ain't talking about that. I'm I'm talking about, you know, what I'm talking about, I can't even talk about on the radio, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to show you in the lecture, you know, and it's a sacrifice, you feel me? It's like really putting our neck on the line to expose to the world who we are, what we're working with, and it's not for entertainment purposes. Can the logo sapiens, this is to add that next chapter to what we're talking about. You know, it's really the resurrection of mankind. You know what I'm saying? It's really creating a new you, a new us, you know, and it has to be demonstrated. So all my life, you know, I've been an X-Men fan, not knowing that all the time I was sitting there, they was going in. It was going in. You know, everything is hidden in plain sight, family. You know what I'm saying? Everything is hidden in plain sight, man. It's just it's just profound. When it all comes together, it's profound. And it's all coming together. You know what I'm saying? It's law of 44. It's true. You know, KT the Octopree is a legend. Buddha clinks. Is the movement, you know, my brother Golden Means is a genius. A.A. Rashid is a prophet. You know, Red Pill is, is, is the legend. The legend. <laughs> nah, you know, I appreciate being able to um, log on to the computer and seeing different bills from y'all every day. You know what I'm saying? Different situations. Um, it, It's really... Think that you really are enlightening people, and um, it's just great, man. It's just it's, it's so many great things. We're surrounded by so many great people. The KTL University family is such a powerful contingency. It's just a such a powerful unit, man. And we putting this all together, you know what I'm saying? And 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 we really putting this thing together, y'all. Hitting the road and bringing this information to the world. So. Look forward to it. Look forward to that presentation. Like I said, this is our gift to, to humanity. You know, this is giving humanity new form. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, we're going to bring it. I threw a glyph up earlier on Facebook. You know, I gave it no name because it, it can't even be explained with words. You know, we got to get back to symbol literacy. You know what I'm saying? Where are my people that could just, you know, look at these lists and do the knowledge. That's what artwork is about. Yeah, yeah. I know they're everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there so we can connect. I'm not gonna be too wordy with these presentations because when I explain shit, they like, yo, give it to me. I start putting them Bible verses up and everybody got fucking quiet. You know what I'm saying? Because now you fucking with, with, with their comfort and are you? What are you trying to say? Are you, what are you, you know what I mean? They start getting all queasy and shit. You know, because they got to protect their religion. You know, even if you're redeeming it, I don't come to take away nobody's uh, system of quote-unquote belief. I'm just giving you a new way to read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Because we cracked the code on it. 
But, you know, the people are, are, are you know, people are weird as shit, man. You know, they're so sensitive and so delicate. The human is so fragile, not only physically but in his mind. You know what I'm saying? In his mind. So by the end of this program on KPL TV, on Other Less TV, over on Facebook, I'm going to have the perspectives put up for the Brother Buddha Planks for what he's going to be doing over at KTL University. We promised it the other day, but we've made some edits. And like I said, this is the language, you know, this is the written word that he's putting forth that, you know, is probably a little bit more um, digestible for the family because the family, you know what I'm saying, even with the presentation, a lot of people are still in here. So they got to be able to read this information and integrate it. But nonetheless, we're going to have it available for you. It's going to be posted, and um, we'll just take it from there. You know, we got mad stuff lined up. I can't even begin to tell you all of the stuff that we're working on. And I'm not going to tell you all the stuff we're working on. You know, we're just going to roll it out. All right. So here we are. Know the Ledge Radio. We have this powerful, powerful presentation for you tonight. I don't even want to waste any more time. I definitely want to get the show underway. So, Brother Cyrus Sell, if you're on the line at this time, please press 1. I'm going to do show introduction and I want to bring you in so we can get right into this renaissance. Okay, as we bring you a powerful, powerful presentation. For our industrious-minded listeners tonight, we invite you to take a behind-the-scenes look at one of the most powerful industries on this planet, the fashion industry. Man may have been fashioned in the image of his creator, but once he got to earth, he needed an outfit. So right there in the garden, the need to look fly went out against one of the most strict edicts enacted by God. Since man knew he needed clothes, he wanted the finest of threads. Tonight's guest, Brother Cyrus L., will give us an all-access to a world we know nothing about. Will prize itself in not only knowing us, but making a science out of it by setting our trends. Our glorious history on this planet is intertwined with our skills as merchants. We are literally cut from a different cloth. Our brother Cyrus L. has literally put us back on our feet in the world of fashion with his customized exclusive piece of foot art, custom collabo. The sneaker industry is humongous family, and it's time that we made an imprint in this billion-dollar industry, and it can all start here tonight. Tune in. With no further ado, we bring to you a caller from the 718-300. Peace. Peace, family. Peace, brother. Brother yes, Blue. Peace, peace, brother. Peace, Red. Welcome. What's the good word? Brother, we here, man. You know what I'm saying? As I said, this, this has been a show that has been long overdue. Right. We've been putting out, you know, the call for a minute, you know what I'm saying, for our industrious morals to come forth, our brothers that, that you know, want to take a stab at these industries, you know what I'm saying, these brothers that understand 
our glorious history as merchants and That's right. uh, are, you know, ready and prepared, you know, with with things that they can actually compete with, you know what I'm saying, on a global market, not just a, a regional fad, but mm-hmm. something that can take hold and definitely, you know, grow legs, you know, pun intended. Right, exactly. They call it a so, flash in the pan. That's one of the terms they use in the industry, a flash in the pan, five years, and boom, gone. No longevity. Yeah. yeah. And um, you, brothers, you know, as, thank you, brother. As of lately, you know, we've been having these programs, and these programs that we've been having are just going through and, and, and visiting some finer points in our everyday doings that, that might be overlooked. You know what I'm saying? And right. Some of these subtle was, things that we overlook are some of the most powerful things that they have a hold of us. Mm-hmm. You know, last Friday, we spoke about language. You know, mm-hmm. this Friday, we're talking about these particular industries that, that, that govern the creation and the maintenance of trends. You know, food, clothing, and shelter is one of the main tenants, but not so many of us understand the industry of clothing. You know, not only is it right. a business, but it's also a science. So um, I think it most appropriate that we bring our brother forth tonight. We yeah, the brother Buddha. Shout out to the brother Buddha Quinks. He was going in. Wow, man. You know, that's 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 um, that's heavy stuff right there. That mechanics of the mechanics of the speech. Honest, honest to that brother yeah. as well. Two Tech as well. Yes, yes, I was yes. going in last week. Two Tech as well. Yes, indeed. You know, and I think that um, it's been appropriately lined up for tonight's conversation. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted, I wanted to definitely extend uh, quickly, extend honest to you and your uh, and, and, and co-host brother, brother Red Pill, um, for having me on. I wanted to definitely start with that. You know, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Peace, brother. Peace. Peace, Islam. You know, Islam. we had to tune to you on Wednesday to link up at the National Black, you know what I mean? And, right. uh, you know, the guard was definitely in the building, and you got to, um, you even got to go over and build with our Zulu Nation brothers, correct? Yeah, that was a, power, it was a powerful thing. They, um, you know, just, just kind of impromptu. Again, shout to, the top, shout to my brother, Quan. Um, Ray Glorious Kwan for um, making it happen. Yes, sir. So one of the things that I speak about passionately on the show and even online in the videos and things of that nature is the fact that, you know, our, 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 um, our power and our potential and our dare to say our future lies within the, the ability for us to connect networks, you know, Right. Some of us is in the Moral Science Temple, and it's great inside of the temple. Some of us are inside of the nation, in the mosque and everything, and it's awesome inside of there. Some of us are inside of these lecture halls listening to our master teachers and, and things of that nature, and it's dope being inside of those halls and those, you know, being amongst our family inside of those schools of thought and knowledge. But when we're able to walk into other schools of knowledge and thought and be embraced, by right. their um the, the, by their by their people by their body by their 
uh, members and, and, you know, we're able to receive and we're able to drink from those water fountains. There's no doors closing in our face. There's no people telling us you can't come in here because you got a fez on and I don't like the way that you dress. If, you know what I'm saying? You went to Islam and all of this other craziness. All doors are open. If you were being embraced by the family, we get to naturally do what we always have been doing, and that's just building. You know what I'm saying? And that's mixing with our people, irregardless of what their beliefs are or their ideologies. We all know that we are on the same campus, and that's the planet Earth. You know what I mean? And we all like beings with the same mission. We'll talk. So whenever we ever to come together and mix it up like that, you know, it puts a smile on my face because Man. I know the potential for us to become more powerful has just taken place. Right. Right. Oh. Absolutely. That, 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 I mean, I'm, you know, touched on that. It's, 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 uh, you know, that's the, that's the great work right now is to try to figure out how to put that together. I know, um, you remember we, I was, I was, I was in Harlem probably in December and we were talking about unity, you know, and it's a matter of, I think it's a matter of belief, you know, to be talking in the, in the temple about a three-step ladder, belief, faith, and fruition. I think unity is, is, is critical that, you know, uh, in order to have it, everybody has to believe that it's possible. And that, that's, I'm a reference what Buddha, um, but Buddha Clinks was going to um, last week as far as separating, you know, separating into an eye, you know, and, and that's a process to get back to the whole um, because we are separated. We got, we found ourselves separated in, in eyes and, you know, and, and, you know, instead of the whole. And it got, it's, it's, a, it's a stages in order to get back to that unity state, you got to do it within yourself and your speech first, and you got to do it inside your house, then we got to do it in our communities. But we got to, you know, the kid is believing in it, and it's just a powerful thing to see brothers like Ben, brothers like yourself, just um, a child, uh, brother Nazi, this just hit me a little earlier. It's, it's, you know, people believe in unity. It's a powerful thing. I totally agree. I mean, you know, they say it's unity time, you know what I'm saying? But that, that particular concept has been used raggedly, you know what I'm saying? It's been used raggedly. And I think what you said is, is, is the most profound thing. And we, we mentioned it as well, but I, I still don't think that it's properly grasped. And that is person has to become into unification of self. You know, through my studies, I, I, I see it as binary, you know, I see it as binary. The one has to affirm its relationship with the whole, with the zero, okay? And then once you solidify your relationship with the source, because indigenous cultures, we always use the zero, the reference to the uh, source that they refer to as, quote, unquote, God, you know? You know, the circle was always it. So once the self can integrate itself back into the circle, then it understands that contained within the circle is the remaining integers of two to nine. You know, and two to nine is, is that's the mystery. That's the primary nobody's talking about. You know, that's the all. And and you can't get to the rest of all those numbers until you reconcile your relationship with that with zero itself. You know what I'm saying? It's long. So once 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 man can do that, you know, and unlock that particular code, then so many things will start to open up. So you have a lot of people, like, positing from a place that's not available yet to them, and they're complaining it doesn't exist. They can't access it because they're not at peace with themselves. You know what I'm saying? They haven't unified 
those particular hemispheres in their own brain or that energy in their own body, they haven't reconciled, you know, the balance between the masculine and the feminine principles. So they're cutting themselves off from the larger whole of the human family. And now as, as, you know, our people are becoming isolated because more and more the world is saying, oh, they'll never get it. You know what I'm saying? They'll never get it. Right. Look at all these signs around them. Exactly. Signs everywhere. Signs are everywhere. It's too far. It's so simple. It's complicated. You know, some people make things, you know, we make things complicated that are actually simple. Um, You know, it's it's, it's a warrior's test. I see it as a warrior's test. I mean, we're going to either, and we're going to win. You know what I mean? I'm a believer victory is sure as well, but. I mean, it's a warrior's test. It's like anything else. I mean, you, you know, if you're not careful and, 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 you know, you know how they do it in um, certain tribes, older tribes, it's like you get to that coming of age and you got to do, you got to do your, you know, you got to, you got to go in and you're going to sink and you're going to swim. And um, I, I just see sometimes I know I can help but notice that, that, that a lot of people, pardon you say something? No, no. Pardon. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of people just don't have it's in their thought process. The brother Buddha was talking about the thought process. Everything is a thought. This is all manifestations of thought. And if you got it in your head that uh, we not, it's never going to happen. I, somebody who does believe it, I can, you can see it in two seconds. It's like this person don't even believe it in their own thoughts. In unity, come on. If you don't believe it in you, it, it, you know you don't believe it's possible. What it, what is that? I'm gonna leave that there though. A lot of people are losing, you know, they're losing hope. They're losing faith, you know, because of the things that they see. And, you know, as one of our brothers, Brother Brian Nell, came on the program before and explained human design, everyone's not wired to see into the future. Some people can only see into the past. Some people can only see, you know, but so far in front of them in the present. So we really have to come into this knowledge of who we are and what our gifts and our strengths are, that knowledge itself is imperative. And that's what I'm saying. you got to reconcile. You can't reconcile your relationship with yourself if you don't get to know yourself. And once you get to know yourself, you're going to know what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And there are many right. tools out there for the family to get a closer understanding of who they are. And then once you understand who you are, then you can understand how you can be viable to the larger whole. You know, And that's when community starts to form. That's when unity really takes hold. Unity in the future is going to be based on design because everyone is not meant to be together and everyone is not meant to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And everyone is not going to make it. You right. Know? Right. Some yeah, that's the reality. You know, on one side and some could be unified. You know, we could have a family in Florida. It could be a family in Detroit. They don't necessarily, you know, they don't necessarily have to be compatible to come together and make things happen. But if they know that their stronghold is over there doing agriculture and the Florida family is, is, you know what I'm saying, harvesting something else over there, you know, as long as people are playing their part collectively, then this thing will start moving forward. Until we approach, you know, what's accessible to us in regards to the knowledge of ourselves individually, and then he has sciences that can, uh, uh, you know, he can acquire the knowledge of the group, which is the pinta. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then we can move as units scientifically, and a lot more can get done in a lot quicker amount of time if we're moving mm-hmm. with the science back. You know what I'm saying? Whether you want to call that moral science or, or whatever science you want to identify, there's still a science to this, you know. And I would beg to differ that our ancestors did anything, you know what I'm saying, any other way. You know, mm-hmm. how did Drew Ali come along? How did Garvey come along? How did even Elijah come along in such a short period of time? You know, look at their first res. Look at the people that they were able to attract immediately to them that were the right people immediately. You know, so we have to ask why is our state so different? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm I'm of the mind that it only takes two. You know what I'm saying? Two or three the most that could change mm-hmm. the entire world. The paradigm has never been the multitudes. You know what I'm saying? You just need a strong core unit and that could be that could be a team of two people kicking it off, mm-hmm. it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. No? That's right and exact. So, so, you know, we remain patient um, for that breakthrough, but in the meantime, there's work to do, and we keep it moving forward, you know, and I see that um, you haven't been sitting on your hands, you know what I'm saying? You still are making your contribution contribution to our greatness. Absolutely. About you know this particular campaign. How did you arrive at this place? Yeah, um, that's that's an interesting question. Um, You know, it was kind of spontaneous, like some things are. You know, I was I was was building with the sister yesterday. I'm telling her how um, you know I've, I've I've always been a sneaker fanatic. I think our, our generation, I'm like in the middle of Generation X, um, we always kind of sort of had a, a thing, the addicts for sneakers. That's how how the, how, the, how the brother Nas put it. Um, but I, I, I was playing in um, D1 in, in my at Pratt. Actually, I'm from Pratt too. I went to school at Pratt or whatever. And one of my partners, um, you know, one of my partners, like uh, uh, power forward for the team, basically ended up landing this job working for um, Phelan. And I mean, I just remember I was—I'm a painter. I mean, I'm an artist. I do a lot of, you know, I do a lot of painting, about, you know, illustration, graffiti, the whole nine yards. I've, I've you know, my artists of, you know, several different types of styles. But um, you know, I dropped my my uh, major was communication design, and I kind of just dropped that like a rock to go uh, 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 take on his job at Fila, because you know, just because of a, you know, just the spontaneous fact that it opened up and I really had a thing for sneakers but you know I think people remember when I when I when I went in um I mean I I go in with the paints I'm, I have a, a special skill for uh color my color pa- palette and I was you know you know I ended up adopting the expressionist form of painting um and and uh when, you know when I was in, in high school even my teachers you know they kind of knew they had their own expectations for me. I remember going into the company at first and I was like, man, these these guys are gonna kill me because I'm in here designing shoes. I remember just having the thought that, man, this is just shoes. I mean, I like you know it was a sneaker culture at that time, but I remember that was like '93. It was it wasn't at the frenzy that it's at now. And I was like, man, I work for a shoe company. That's kind of like a flat note. 
in terms of what I was doing and what I'm gonna do, and I'm, I'm still I still have all I still have that up my sleeve. I got like uh, plans as far as far as fine arts. I'm a fine arts. I'm trying to really do something historical, um, which is another interesting topic, which, which led me into the science temple. This is historic. This is a historic movement. Any conscious movement in the in the U.S. All the walks that we named, that's, this is history. This is a very important thing, the awakening, as you described, the res- resurrecting man. It's historic. But I was like, yeah, I'm in a shoe company and started there. I was addicted to the um, salary, was fat at the, straight out of the gate. And, I mean, I was started, you know, for lack of a better word, I started beasting right out of the gate because it just came to me naturally. And I, I found myself kind of stuck after about three years. I was like, man, I can't get off of this. But it was funny how... Um, Around ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, by definitely by two thousand and four, sneaker culture kind of just took a whole nother form, and it was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sneaker designer. It became something a little bit more, you know, that I could be proud of. I wasn't really even proud of being a sneaker designer at the beginning. I just did it because I was a sneaker fiend. That's that's how that happened. So is it like it didn't have the sneaker culture, didn't have the prestige that you more so was looking to uh, be associated with in the industry? I mean, I mean, you know, like I said, I always was I was into hip hop from the early days, and you know, I, you know the hip hop culture, rock the Kangol. I've been spitting forever, you know. I still rhyme. We put music right. out even now. But uh, you know, I was I'm a I wonder um they had Pratt has this thing called the National Talent Search, uh, and I used to be able to just win at will any contest that I would enter. I, mean, I, I entered. They put me. They pulled me out of. I sit on the other show. They pulled me out of second grade and put me into Saturday museum classes. You know, um, I went to special arts junior high and high school, so I was very much of a prodigy. Um. So by the time I even went to, you know, got into college, I remember the professors were like, what are we supposed to be able to teach you? And it's funny because um, I don't really, like I said, I sheathed my, um, my autistic ability. Um, but, um, you know, so a lot of people aren't even aware that I paint, but I, I go in with, with the paints. And so I, I basically was right. already studying. When I was in college, I was like, you know, how do, you know, how does an artist go about being a historic artist and not just somebody lost in the crowd? This is what my thought process was. So to go from there to sneakers, and this is this is pre, you know, this is pre um, real sneaker collector culture and all that didn't even happen yet. It was, yeah, it was a little bit of a, for me, it was a step down. So I like, I like kicks, but it was kind of off. I didn't see where it was going. Let's put it like that. I didn't know where it was going. Okay. I was like, I'm doing, doing this for fun. Doing it for a passion that I can't really describe because it's not, you know, it was it kind of not as relevant, quote unquote, as 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 uh, a, a traditional painter um, would would consider relevant. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if you follow. You know what I mean? I think you finally follow me, but I don't know if that's making sense to, to the people. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, the 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 that's not. That wasn't the palette necessarily if you was looking to pretty much, you know what I'm saying, color the industry with your ideas and your talent. You know, sneakers wasn't the palette at that right. particular time. Right. You know, then all of a sudden sneakers became the artistic expression. You feel me? Like right. damn near exactly. overnight. 
Exactly. And um, it was it was driven um, by a few different things. And my particular, you know, observation, would you like to pretty much um, speak on what, what you think drove it that particular way? I was man. It's, I'm sitting here actually. When you asked me the question, and I was thinking about it. I, was, it. I just remember distinctly getting the feeling like this is something embarrassing to tell. Go back and tell my professors or my teachers that I'm making sneakers. To having the feeling like I could stick my. I mean, the culture just grew. It was kind of overnight where they started to have, you know, blogs and they, they got the sneaker con and you know magic. This is pre magic. Right. I used to go out to this. They got this thing the uh, WSA show. Well, I think it's Western Shoe Show or something like that. I forgot what the other acronym is for A. And uh, they had a thing called Super Show in Atlanta. Uh, Super Show used to be kind of similar to what Magic Show was. And I was in a CNN center in Atlanta. But they don't they don't even do uh, Super Show anymore. And Nike would come out to that. But they didn't have Magic. So it's like the culture. It's hard to put my finger on where it actually started. But, I mean, I, all I know is, like, by 2000, I've been directing and building collections. I built the AV collection from scratch. I, you know, I, I joined Averex. Um, before they had put their first boot out. Remember, they did the Thames and the multiple colors and the whole nine yards. I told the homie he was about to put in, like, some silver jogging shoe. I was just like, hold on that. You know what I mean? Hold. You're going to kill you. You're going to hang yourself with that. Just hold up. Let me, let me, let me <laughs> figure out how to how to make this so it clicks. Right. And I, I structured that out. But, um, yeah, it was it was about 2003 when I realized, man, this is whole just like sneaker. This boutique started popping up. That was one way that you knew. And then, they started having sneaker magazines. Um, uh, uh, it went from, you know, being in a source. They used to have the annual or, or you know, a couple of magazines would have, like, annual sections where they would go all of the sneakers to. Then there started to be books where they started journaling the, 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 the you know, the, the universe, sneaker universe. Um, that, all that stuff is, like, right. 2003-ish, 2002, 2003. So it snuck up. It definitely snuck up, and at that point, I'm like, this is something here. This is, this is not, you know, this is something I could easily segue, and it makes it this is something I'll leave in my, you know, as far as my personal, what I feel is important, and leave a legacy. I don't do anything by, you know, coincidence, and I was doing sneakers by coincidence at the beginning, and now it makes, it fits into what I'm trying to do. As far as a painter, uh, more science was what I was looking for. I was like, I don't want to just paint, paint for people's living rooms, put stuff up, or paint for money. That's whack. Anything for money to me is whack. That's, that doesn't speak to relevance. Any artist that's relevant is not doing it at the beginning because of finance. So, I um I needed to know what I didn't know what my orientation was in the world. I had already been looking. I didn't know what it was. I was looking specific. I wanted to know what, what our people were, you know, what our history was. I knew that we did, I didn't know anything whatsoever, and I didn't feel like you know I should be walking around not knowing you know, who I was and definitely shouldn't be blasting off making paintings and, you know, means expressing myself, expressing ignorance of my own culture. By the time I stumbled across the prophet, uh, Noah do Ali, man, I, I was like, this is what I was looking for. So now I've been slowly, you know, putting together my, the, you know, what, what it is. I want to leave my mark. Uh, with, but um, I'm rambling at this point. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. So now that has brought us to this particular place um, where you have furnished a beautiful piece of art. You know, I want you, before you speak about the actual shoe, you know, speak about your experiences in the particular um, fashion industry and, you know, 
why, you know, when you decided to make your imprint, why was it a shoe? Is that lane or that avenue a lot more feasible than, say, clothing line? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you know, I mean. Why, um, why, why don't you make um, felt fezzes or. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Going or, there. Or things of that nature. You know? It's funny. Why didn't it's you funny. do folk uh, ties and, and suspenders? You know what I'm saying? Why did you go to sneakers? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, through the course of the years and, and meeting certain people, I got to work again. One of the, one of my favorite times early on was uh, working with the, the family that owns Averex. Um, you know, his family, Jeff and Jackie Kleiman. Jeff, I think, was a fighter pilot. He's a European pilot. He lives in Long Island. I remember the Avi store in Long Island um, City. Right. And uh, the, the, they had this designer, this Italian guy, I think his, his, actually his name was Frank Marchese. And Frank, uh, you know, he, once he saw that I was, you know, I really was, uh, you know, what I was capable of, let me say, uh, he opened up, they all opened up to me. You know, usually apparel companies, corporate, they say corporate companies usually fight with the license, on, um, 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 you know, the licensors for footwear. I came in through to them through a licensing company that had licensed their footwear. And um, usually they fight, but they, they, you know, because the product is usually kind of corny. We talked about that, you know, I talked about that a little bit uh, yesterday. But uh, when they saw that I was capable of really doing something, quote, unquote, relevant, you know, they all opened up to me. Frank was trying to get me to do jackets, leather jackets, AV jackets in the, in the 90s, 97. But me, I, you know, again, as a disciplined artist, an artisan, I, you know, I, I recognize the value of focus and staying in your lane. This is this is exactly my same mentality I bring to, to to the more science. Although I can appreciate all the different walks, and I'm I'm, I'm you know I try to manifest unity as, in all ways. You'll never see me debating or you know you know you know looking down. I you know I, I have a lot of respect. I hold a high amount of respect for anyone that is that is trying to uplift fallen humanity, whatever venue or format. But um. When I came to, uh, uh, he was trying to give me, I stayed in my lane, and you know, with with the leathers. I said I can't do it. I want to do shoes. I, I like footwear because it's um, it's a lot more like for an artist. I you know, I spent years sculpting. I, you know, there's a lot of color theory, there's composition in it. It's engineering. Um, you got graphic design and logos in it. To me, it's just much more of a challenge. Um, you know, again, I have a lot of opportunities to do apparel. Sometimes I dabble in. I, I started off when I was in college. I had a, a cup, a t-shirt line. Um, that I got knocked, man. I got knocked by. Um, um, I had this T-shirt line called Slam Dunk. If you look at the second episode, of Martin Lawrence, I used to sell them down on West Fourth, and we had ball players, um, graphics, you know, ball players on, on, on the front. I had a basketball on the front and ball players, you know, drawings on the back or whatever. And one of them ended up on the second episode of Martin Lawrence, the one when he's uh, he's stalking um, Gina goes on on a trip and he thinks she's cheating and he comes from underneath the bed. The beginning of that, I think it was the second season, first episode. Yeah. <laughs> he got he, he got my shirt on on that. You know what I mean? I did that. Then I had another brand called Ozone. Nike actually knocked off that T-shirt campaign because I never really secured it trademark-wise or whatever. They did an NYC campaign. I don't know if you remember that back. I think that must have been 2003 where they, it was white and black, same type of graphics, people, you know, Characters soaring through the air with the ball, kind of exaggerated. Um, they had another company I uh, did a few years later around the Black Expo era. I think that might have been 2003, 
And again, I, I just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur by nature, but I kind of, I was like, I'm young, I don't want to get in the deep end. I'm just, I folded it. I was like, I don't want to take the chances. I had business people huddled around me that they were amped to do it. And M1 ran with my concept. M1 took the exact same concept, the exact same characters, and manifested the whole legacy of M1. And that, that's, that, you know, that was, it was called Ozone. But so I dabbled in apparel with a little, but for me, I shoes remember just, Ozone. You remember Ozone? Yeah, we, yeah. we. I still have the graphics for that, and uh, we were at. I was at the expo around the same time that fool got discovered. You know, I I, I put the timeout symbol because, like, I had, again my lawyer it was going at it with my um, who was it? it was the lawyer was going at it with my um, CFO, and I was just like, God, you know, they they were getting excited, and, they, and I was just like, I'm timing out on this because. We're going to end up ultimately, I saw I was going to end up having to take a loan of some type of money. I have a fear of loans. That jammed me up in college as well. But I backed out of it. And then one, they ran, they took that to the bank. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I dabbled a little bit. But once I got into the footwear, I was like, this is a real, real good look. And it has elements of all the different types of art. So that's, that's kind of the reason why I stuck with it. And like I said, I like to be focused. So I, I didn't really jump around too much. If you go to my website, I got uh, my personal personal portfolio site is um, sovadesign.com, www.sovadesigncorp.com, sovadesigncorp.com, yeah. And on there you can click. There's a portfolio link, and it'll take you into like 20 years of all kind of different sneakers I did. There's some little drawings in there, drawings, you know, kind of like concepts for sneakers or shoes or whatever. But um, you can see, you can keep, kind of see some of the highlights over the course uh, of those years. Right. Indeed, indeed. So what was it, you know, like I said, that finally pushed you towards the custom collabo? You know, how many years have you put in that in preparation? What inspired those particular designs? You know, when I look at the shoe, I see beef folk. You don't see that in sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. what is it that, um, you know, inspired, in, in, you know, your designs? I, um... One of the one of the first things as far as getting into the business is um I saw the funds, I saw the the potential in, in, in actually ha- owning that type of corporation. Being that I was an entrepreneur, I, I dabbled in a couple of different times. I knew I wanted to be an owner. Um, as an artist and once I got after all those years of being just an artist and I had a big heart, I'm a very polite person, I was like, I need to have business sense. So I went into college like I'm gonna learn how to be a, a straight up and down, you know, sharp businessman. Um, I, I peeped the money. I was like, wow, this, you know, these companies, work, when I started working with them, like, this company makes $500 million a year. Um, I recently did this, 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 the stats on the, the industry as a whole is, uh, uh, you know, out of control. Even the, just the athletic, I think the athletic footwear industry brings in $46 billion. That's not including men's dress or women's shoes or children's shoes excluded. $46 billion. Um, so I, at a certain point, I think it was around billion? forty-six billion. Would it be? You said, you said footwear, athletic footwear, in one year is forty-six billion. Forty-six billion dollars a year is the size of the industry. And it's yeah. little, Damn. That that's serious. That's serious. That's you, crazy. Nike well, does. Back. Hold on. Oh man. Mm-hmm. This is the point that I was trying to make on the show with Tech, and I've mentioned it before that the running joke. Not in the music industry, but in all in all of the industries. Not most white people only, because it's rich white men that started the joke. 
but you have Indians that are laughing. You have Asians and there's Africans and other people that laugh when they say that, look, hip-hop, they, they should, you know how women lie about their age? Mm-hmm. Like hip-hop lie about her age and be like, no, nah, I'm only 20. You know what I'm saying? With the wrinkles and everything, like, I'm just 20. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> 40. Stop lying. What's your wrinkle? Can't be your lover. Yeah, it's slick. That's the slick line. What's your wrinkle, wrinkle, wrinkle? I can't be your lover. So how you, how, how, if the athletic footwear is 48 billion, this is what I'm talking about with hip-hop. Not just the music family. Y'all marginalizing your vision. You're looking at album and record sales. You're trying to give me Jay-Z's name and Puff Daddy and Dr. Dre in the in, yeah. in the run to be a billion. Do they race how much do you know how much exactly A? Do you know how much the prison place industry made up for hip hop? Do you know how much the alcohol industry yeah. okay? Tennessee himself, one of the heirs of Hennessy already made a billion. Not in forty years, in four years. Right. Right. Not Hennessy himself. I'm talking about one of their heirs, one of the somebody in their family or bloodline, we're talking about the shoe game. We're talking about long T-shirts. We're talking about uh, tight-ass jeans. We're talking about Nike. We're talking about Reebok and Adidas and Puma, Deodora, Tacconi, New Balance. We're talking about Levi's, Guess, uh, Cavassier, you name it. We're talking about Cadillac, Lexus, Toyota, uh, Beamer, Benz, Bentley. Right. Moet. We we talking about Chris Dow, you know what I'm saying? We talking about Louis, Fendi, uh, uh, Gucci. We talking about Chanel, Dior, like Ferragamo. Like we talking <laughs> about all of them make a billion dollars or hand over fist off of you, and you yeah. not the main manufacturer. You not building nothing. You are only a customer in the presence of a hustler. Bow down. Mm. Mm. Peep game. You know Bow down, Peep. bitches. There's no talk. You can't talk proud. You can't run around like you a boss. You can't say that. You can't act like you run things. You can't act like you do. Exactly. They out there talking crazy. They talking crazy. Look how they set the ball. Look how they set the ball low for us at the $1 billion. They always setting the ball low. Like you know, again, like the whole 20-year-old, you got to be 20 to, to, to teach or, or to speak over, over tracks and all that. That's, that's low-balling. Um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, the size of that is, is ridiculous. We, you know, the size of that is ridiculous. And it's, footwear is, the, um, of all the accessories that a company, footwear is one of the most, and I always say, like, if you have the planets, you have a solar system, you got different planets with an apparel company. The footwear has a heavy pool. It'll kill if it'll, it'll make a brand, or it'll kill it in a second. If you put the wrong footwear collection out there, it will never survive it. Or if you put the right one out, it pull. You know, it, 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 it um, you know, it can't be, it can't die. You can't kill a line with as long as the footwear is is correct. You know, forty six billion dollars exactly, exactly. So that was that was the reason. Once I peeped that, I was like. You know, definitely uh, it, something went off and, and said that um, you know I probably need to study this. I stuck around. I was like, because I, I ended up inside the, the, the uh, boardroom at that point. When I was at Fila, actually, the whole time they was like, let me in some rooms. They was closed out of the doors. They would play the little corporate game. 
But I built AV from the beginning, so I got to sit in. I'm looking at the bottom line. I'm looking at them cutting checks. I'm looking at the negotiations with the factory. I'm like, yo, that's crazy money. You know what I mean? And it's not hard what they're doing. And it's based off of, and this is what goes back again to the the shame of, of us, them lowballing us with the $1 billion. And this is what I, and I really want to get into. I'm going to try to stress this point is that we're the heart of the game. We're the heart of the, the game. We're the ones that spend the money that we drive the dollars, basically. The urban, um, the urban, urban, you know, Asiatics basically drive the game. We, we set the trends. You see, I mean, it ain't hard to tell. When they, Jay snapped his fingers, he say, I don't wear jerseys, and the whole game melted down by a snap of his fingers. You know, if he say something, one thing he say, we move this way. The, the, Kanye is like that right now. You know, so uh, I, I was looking, I was like, you know, this is before I even realized that the Science Temple was, you know, saw that I would be able to be anywhere near, you know, um, uh, uh, brothers like yourself, brothers like Sharif and I obey, um, you know, I believe Sharif is on the line as well, actually, at this point. Uh, if he's not, then he'll be coming on shortly. He just texts me. Um, once, I, once, I, once I realize that, I, you know, this is a valuable piece. This is a very, very valuable piece. His last four is 315-3814. You can bring him on. And also, we have uh, we have the brother, Brother Blue. I got uh, Nasik uh, Yashira Il on, a.k.a. 145. Is on the line with us right now. He's been on a few minutes. Uh, AKA, okay. uh, but but uh, so so maybe one at a time. Both both brothers are on the line. All right, let me open up Red's line again. His line just up. And you said, brother Sharif, his last his first three numbers should be what number? Three one five. Three one five. No, yeah, brother Sharif, if you're on the line with us, please press one at a time. I don't see that. I don't see a hand up as of yet. And Mateo's on right now. Uh, uh, Nasik, you know if you want to shout your brother, man. Hey, Shabbat Shalom. Can you hear me? Peace, hey. yes. peace, brother. Shalom. Hey, Hotel, how y'all doing? Shalom. All is well, I, all well in yourself. Pretty well, pretty well. Yeah, um, it's a lot, a lot of noise in my background, so I'll. Try to make sure I keep it out you of your program. clear to us, brother. Oh, thank Indeed. you, thank you, bro. I, I believe this might be. I think this might be my second time on here. But if it's, but if it is my first, very auspicious. Uh, I never thought it would be like this, but I'm glad to hear the brother putting, uh, you know, his journey out there because that's a talent that uh, we we need to focus on more for our youth in terms of being creative and utilizing that energy into something that is actually buildable, marketable, sellable, and not lethal. Exactly. Yes, indeed. Now, I know you yourself have had experience in these ballrooms or behind the scenes in the fashion industry. Is there anything that you care to share based on your, your travels and your journeys that you've been able to witness? We all know what drives this industry. But I want to know about trends. You know what I'm saying? Where are they getting the trends from? What's the science behind Creating and maintaining a trend, you know, is it in the shoes? Is it, is it in the people um, pushing the shoes or, or the clothes? What, well, what is you know, what, what I would say and what I would emphasize at this point is I was carefully listening, you know, and I've been I've been listening to y'all show from day one, but um, 
what I would emphasize is uh, let's let's take it back a little bit because uh, you had mentioned something about uh, Marcus Garvey picking up followers, uh, Noble Drawley picking up followers, and even Elijah Muhammad picking up followers and them catching them so quickly. And we have to look at the time in the uh, particular era or epoch that these brothers emerged from. And people ask me, you know, they say, where have you been? And I've been working on my manuscripts. What connected all those men is ironically a Hebrew brother, Rabbi Ford HaKohen, who was actually one of Garvey's senior advisors in the UNIA. And part of my role, I felt, was to be an advisor to the brothers I encountered in life. And, yeah, I, I did do a lot of contracts, which eventually overlapped with fashion and modeling and things like that. And it's ironic the brother was talking about uh, and one because one of my good partners, one of my best partners, an alumni, he actually was the co-architect of the and one mixtape. And I, you know, I'm on the original footage and all of those things from and one, but you know, I've always made it my business to be, whenever you see me, you don't hear me. Whenever you hear me, you don't see me. So I'm trying to keep that tradition. But what I would say makes the trends and what drives everything based on my experience is you have to go in with which principle is something operating from. And let's take the biggest shoe in the world, which is basically Nike. And one of the things that was emphasized when I first started studying Nike many years ago was that it's in the name, Nike. Nike is the goddess of victory. So once they put it on that principle, it's very difficult to take it off of that principle. And, right. you know, it's very, it's very interesting that mm-hmm. when you look at how, yeah, when you look at how Nike started and to where it eventually went, what we haven't emphasized uh, in terms of our constituency is that everything that comes at us is really from a particular religious, sectarian, or spiritual principle. And what they did is they tapped into something deep within the psyche of where, you know, eventually if people were old enough to remember when people started putting Nike on their feet, they felt like it played, made them play better. But when they hooked well, up with Michael Jordan, right, yeah. they, when they hooked up with Michael well, Jordan. Well, right. As, no, go ahead. As we explained on Tuesday's show, from what I remember, when I saw the documentary last year with Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson said he's the one that set it off with the cross trainer and this is when his brother was doing things that were considered superhuman. You know, he was doing things that defied people's quote-unquote logic, and he attributed his, um, you know, his chaotic melanin, you know what I'm saying, these superpowers that were being awarded to him by his melanin state of chaos, and he was just going all the way in. You know, he tied that into this shoot, and then they got the Jordan campaign popping after that, and then they brought in your boy Spike, you know, as Mars Blackman, and they said it got to be the shoe. That's you know right. What I'm this man was exhibiting, you know, melanin out of control, jumping out the gym. Carbon was firing, but he signed a contract and said, no, that power is coming from the shoes. When we know damn well it wasn't, you know. And then now we're at a place here where what I was asking you, brother, earlier was, do you remember what resuscitated or what rejuvenated or kicked off this whole sneaker craze? And what kicked off the sneaker craze was the retro. When the retro came uh, out, so there was a period around 2000, 
2000 was flat. it. They wasn't, they wasn't making nothing. They put the shocks out and it died. The shock was, yeah, it, it was they, dead, they, up, they, dead on arrival. Right. Yeah, they fell on their face. They fell on their face with the latest um, designs and their, their, their latest innovation. And it wasn't, it wasn't hitting. And then, um, like, they came in, they came in with the retros. And I hear Kanye make reference to it in these conversations that he's been having on the radio, you know, complaining about the industry. He says that he's one of the main artists that made that push. Out there. Now, for, for, for brothers just in fashion, we have to acknowledge he resuscitated Polo as a brand, the teddy bear, the, um, the rugby, and he also had a foot in the whole Jordan ways, you know, in regards to the retro. And, and when the internet and took hold, hold on, that's when, that's when the, the, the Nike said, we're going to create this design lab and allow these brilliant, inner city youth to go online and create their own mock-up for the shoe and they wow. those designs and that's the shit that they're still coming out with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wow. Crazy. And, if I didn't yeah, put that and, together even myself. Yeah, and Kanye was the one who he merged high fashion and streetwear. He perfected that with the Louis, um, with the whole Louis thing and the polo tee. Louis you know thing. Yeah. yeah, so he brought, he, you know, he brought that whole high fashion which isn't something that he should, that's not a trend that he started. He resuscitated that O-Lives and the brothers out of the boosters out of Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying, out of the uh, early 90s, that tunnel era, and even before the tunnel era, uh, the whole Brooklyn era, the skating ring and all of that other stuff. So you had inner city youth, St. John's, Utica, brothers out of Brownsville, brothers out of Flatbush, brothers out of Bed-Stuy, East New York that were living in impoverished conditions, rocking, you know, multi, you know, a hundred, not a hundred, $10,000 outfits. The socks yeah. were polo, the hat, the glasses, the shoes, the scarves. The big jacket, had a lot to do with shirt. that. That's, that's that big and puffy era when they started taking it really to the next level. We went from, and now, you know, it's, it's interesting. I want to mark a couple of things you guys just went across that was, that's, 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 that's kind of ill. Like, if you look at yeah, the lineage, well, not to cut you, brother, go ahead. No, nah, I'm sorry. Finish. Yeah, the the um, you know, if you look at the evolution of what even hip hop gear was, we went from kind of like farm clothes when you think of Thames and the flannels and the baggy jeans and overalls, overalls. to like around that point, the, the yeah. sisters was dressing the same, and then they started. Remember, they started had the white stocking era in New York with the the, the um yeah. the dress shoes, and then by the time Big hit, and Big Big was successful with it, he started taking yeah, it all with, the way out there with the Versace. You know, yeah, they went and Jay jumped it off with the couture, really couture. It's like, okay, that's regular. This is couture. You know what I mean? And then from there, it, 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 that's when it kind of transitioned. Another thing you said that was interesting is, mm-hmm. sorry, it started though. Keep in mind where it started though. Keep in mind of the fashion of the late seventies as well, because the brothers right. were wearing what leather. Right. Uh, right. They were wearing spikes. They were wearing cut off vests. They were wearing right. tight ass jeans. They were wearing, um, you know. Feathers and shit like that. They were wearing what, what, what were they wearing? Um, futuristic looking jackets and stuff like that with the zippers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson. Fit, the Michael Jackson with the multi zippers, but they also were wearing stuff out of what the future. They had the futuristic look going on. Lucy Collins. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. After Bada and Bada wear right. the brothers that were coming in. What are you seeing now? What, what that trend just revisited? It's coming us. back around. Kanye with the so specs. That trend just that trend is in full effect right now. Right. You feel what I'm saying? 
So it evolved from there, and then it went into the farming clothes. Brothers were wearing jala beans and whatnot. That was your Islamic golden era. Dr. York, Dr. because we were talking about this in the bill today on 2-5th, Dr. Malachi Z. York was everybody's teacher in the 80s. Right, okay? right. Even if you subscribe to Farrakhan, hip-hop's conscious teacher, hip-hop's Farrakhan was Malachi Z. York. If you remove him from the equation, you take all the, damn near all of the MCs that were teaching us, not just mm. rap. It was a different kind of, you was a rapper, and then you was a scholar, MC, you was a teacher. You was the one who was giving you street knowledge, mixing in with the wisdom, the God body, the proper center. Father Allah was the begin. he was the first initial, you know, him and Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad were the, and, and Noah Drali were the, and, and Marcus Garvey, those were the beginning teachers. But Dr. Dr. York was the one who really took that shit into another realm with those tablets and those books that he was putting out and that pre-internet, pre-Google, pre-Wikipedia type of information of completely questioning everything. Right. Demystifying with the European, because the, the European couldn't catch us with none of their movies. They couldn't catch us with none of their TV shows. They couldn't catch us with none of their PBS series. None of that was working because we had York and we had other teachers that were totally going in, making right. you... Like, we were actually waiting for this information to come this here these days. Brother, so. Brother Sharif, probably press one just now. That's real talk. He said Malachi York. Yeah, that's, that's that. That's, and then, oh. yeah, and then when the, and but keep the, keep the clothing of the low lifestyle. I just want to touch this real quick, and then we could continue to build to show yeah. you that, remember, when we talk about Islam, when we talk about the influence of Islam and early hip-hop, Brother Blue Pill did the excellent breakdown in the Blueprint 322. It's a classic lecture, and he showed that you had five and you had the six. You had the Star David, the Christian influence, then you had the five, which was the Islamic influence. So the Islamic influence, when you do the Moors, the antiquity, the research on that, you see that the Moors and antiquity, that whole theme. Right? So when you're dealing with an Islamic influence, you're dealing with a Moorish influence, which is a renaissance. So... Mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane's of that era, Islamic. The um mm-hmm. Rock Kim's of that era, Islamic. The mm-hmm. um the 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 terrorist one, Islamic influence. Well, right. The Gaul, the, 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 the bad yes terrorist slick one. Rick. Yeah, Even, slick Rick like, coming yeah, out of you London. You gotta throw G Rap in, in 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 the category. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give them that five pointed star. Yes, you know? and you have and then you had Dougie Fresh. Yeah. You got Dougie so, Fresh with the six point uh you have um You gotta you know wonder if the box I always wondered if the box haircut we do a lot of subliminal stuff as as being unconscious and laid out. I wonder if the box what the box had to do with the shape you know, almost with the the relation to the shape of the fed, if that's yes, subconscious or what. But not not only the box, what about the jewelry? What about Big Daddy Kane being adorned in silk robes? What about the fact that Slick Rick was dressing very Moorish and in, in his whole um ensemble it was very comedic and Moorish like? What right. about the fact that everything that Ralph Lauren was putting out would have a Moorish influence to it? What about the fact that he came out with the Indian heads? What about the fact that he came out with the Aztec designs, all of that Native American, um, um, you know, Mexican Aztec designs that he was bringing forth? What about yeah, the Mexican How Moorish is the silk press, brother? How Moorish is the fact that he was putting family, he was putting um, um, coat of arms on clothing? You, know, you feel what I'm going with this? 
What about the anniversary flags? We were flying the flags at more. Everything that he was doing, even the Olympic lines that he was putting forth, it was all dealing with some kind of Moorish ancestry. Feel me what I'm saying? So even in our unconsciousness, even in our even in our most, you know, in our sleeping state, we still were exuding characteristics. We still were setting trends and following trends that speak to our DNA. It's all dealing with our history, bro. I, and you look at I was bugging out a couple of years ago with the whole Gucci thing and the, and, the, and, the, and the red and the green everywhere. I know that was I know what if that was freaking out the powers that be. Like, no, oh the, man, yeah, here they the go red, again. Black and the green, the red, black and the green. Um, actually, right, 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 right. Feel me on that. It's long. So, he's talking about researchers. So the brothers in Detroit, uh, 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 the stink pink Gators. We went crazy for the Maoris. You know what I'm saying? We go crazy for the stuff that the Romans are creating and, 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 and the fashions that come out of where? Italy. And who birthed that? Who gave them that? Who brought forth fashion? All things high fashion into Europe, and specifically Italy and France and all of the places that our people swear to God these are where gods are created. It's all Moorish influence. Moors are responsible for that whole wave, that whole trend. So every, the troubadours, the music, the dancing, the entertainment, that's all you. That's all you. So it goes back to what I was saying before, that you were in the industry, I was in the industry. We see that the industry, the manufacturers that have the, the lifeblood of the industry are Moors, it's aboriginals, it's indigenous. The places where it's manufactured is on the damn Silk Road. It's in India, it's China, and it's in all places where the Moors were doing merchandise. We were merchandising and doing our merchant shit. That's a Silk Road, man. Mm-hmm. More, B, that's a Silk Road. If you go to Alibaba.com, that's a Silk Road. That's China. That's mm. Asia. That's India. The factories is all there still. So why are we not going over there fezzed up and, and demanding? That's where you go with your paperwork. That's where you go with all of the um, treaties and stuff like that. It ain't, to the, it ain't to the Akhenazi and them downtown. They're the ones that usurp the throne. They're they robbing you, the Russians and all of that. But even they would tell you what's up with the furs and all of the, and all of the um, fabrics and stuff like that. That's all Ottoman. That's, that's, that's Persian. That's, that's um, the Grand Orient influence. That's us. We'll talk. That's why we got to bring it full circle. That's where we at with it. You know, right mm-hmm. now. Um, am, that's a powerful I, demo. Am I bringing Brother Sharif in? Yep. Brother three more. This is uh, <clears throat> the first three numbers of his of his line. Three three one five. I believe he must have pressed one by this point. Uh, last four is three eight one four. See that brother in the call queue. Um, yeah, he, he was. I know he's moving around a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm gonna tell him. Okay. Give him press one once again. But um, yeah, that's that's real. I mean, you know, yeah, real, real powerful um, demo right there. And this is the reason why, like I said, with the with the size of that, and the fact that we're we're at the end of at the core of the industry that they're drawing off our en- our energy, um, financially, you know, creatively, all the ideas and whatnot. We gotta. You know, it's a it's a warrior test. We got to figure out how to, you know, get up that first, you know, this first challenge as far as taking control of some of our own natural resources. Uh, yeah. I think the brother was talking about human resources uh, uh, on on the last show. Either yeah, I think it was the last show. Brother but um, 
Yeah, yeah, take advantage of our human resources. They taking advantage of it right now, basically. So um, I wanted to touch on. I know you were trying to get around to um, before you know it gets way. There is some symbolism in, um, in in, in custom. Actually, there's uh, there's some symbolism in the actual mundane symbolism. I would say in the name. Uh, you know, custom. When you think of custom, you think of you know custom made. Um, but it actually has a, 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 a flip meaning with custom. In terms of culture, in terms of the Moorish culture, uh, we've been mm. talking about, um, and I'm going, I'm gonna go there with it, and as when it grows legs, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I kind of again, I follow the evolution of fashion, and that's where it's going. You know, that, that's, I saw something just recently. I thought I saw it already in the streets. I'm a, sp- a trend spot. I can kind of spot. I smell it. I'm a Pisces. I got spider senses. I can sense. You know, I think that's what where I get yeah. that ability to uh, spot a trend before it comes and people look, you know, companies used to get mad at me, like, where are you coming from with this? But the turban, I thought I saw that coming around, and apparently the turban is trending right now. Yeah. You're going to see that, you're going to see that rise, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's like a slap in the face, like, we're we supposed to be rocking, and this is supposed to be, we're supposed to be rocking our turbans. They're going to take it and use it, it's right. you know, it's fashion, is it's dying for it, but custom yeah. Is, is going to, is where fashion is headed toward culture, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. All, gonna, all, all that all that garb is coming, it's coming. It's trending I mean, now, and um, when when Annie drops, then they're really gonna be on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, Cyrus, <laughs> Cyrus, let me uh, let me throw something in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would just like to add because um, I think it's very important at this point. Because we're we're that generation that's you know our generation is very pivotal because we missed a lot of the fashion of the seventies and we we were coming through the Lee Jean era and the Pumas and all of these kind of things we're we're in that critical between doorway you know the seventies was real tight the nineties was real baggy you see and the eighties is is the eighties is a very interesting time but what what I would say is um. I think I, w- I would take it to this direction because, uh, you know, you guys were talking about, um, you know, people like uh, Dwight York and uh, a lot of the different rappers and things. And for somebody myself who who was, um, you know, under the covenant of Israel, you know, we, you know, who never went through Islam, you know, we, we, you know, our parents, or at least, you know, I can speak to my parents and things like that. They were dressing cultural even before there was some of these movements. And a lot of these things go in cycles, and we have to remember this on an ecclesiastical spin. So I would say that the clothing does have power. You know, it's not that it's not that Gucci or Versace or Ralph Lauren don't know about this power, and it's not even necessarily in certain aspects that they're stealing it. A lot of things were handed to be used. And if, you know, there's no classes out here on 80s fashion. You know, I'm pretty sure some university somewhere has somebody teaching these things, and if you take, if you talk to the young guys today, they'll say, "Oh, you know, you guys had your pants hanging down the way we do it." We tell them, "No, we didn't." But there's nobody telling them that. So if you look at the power in the different athletes that wore the shoes back then, or if you look at, you know, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird and things like that, there was a resonance between what the athlete did, what the company did, and how the constituency would react. And if we if we take the analogy of what's going on with custom collabo. I'm making the analogy just like the old UNIA. They used to offer people to buy stock in their different industries that they had. And it's the same thing nowadays. If we don't encourage our people to get involved with something positive, we know which way they're going to go, you see? 
And I, I, would, I would just add one last thing. If you look at the fashion trends, everything about fashion, because the fashion capital of this country is technically New York. I mean, it is. But you have places like Detroit, Chicago, where these guys, you know, they had a, like a certain player lifestyle. But New York is the fashion capital and has Fashion Avenue for a reason, because not only did they produce it, manufacture it, but it was the intellectual impetus of how fashion was concrete and implemented throughout society around the world. So if you look at how New York has laid out fashion, used to be ge- geographical. Back in the 80s, you could tell if a guy was from the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, or Manhattan by the way he dressed. They all had a particular flair, particular style, particular haircut, so on and so forth, particular colors. And I'm pretty sure it was like that everywhere else. If you notice what's really moving right now is that all they did, Kanye and Jay-Z and them, they took what we used to consider the village type of dressing, very colorful, very tight, very um, ambiguous and androgynous, genderly ambivalent, mm-hmm. and they, you see, so if you look at the, the demographics of it, mm. you see, if, if we look at it from the standpoint, if you look at the kids today, they're dressing basically like a 70s style because the pants are tight. It's 80s. They have a lot of 80s colors. They have a 90s flair about it, and it's a millennium post-2000 I mean, excuse me, uh, 2001 Towers going down type of melancholy on their outfits. You're not really sure what era they're in because that's the way they feel. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's, like, it's, it's, it's deep because they, you know, the program, that the transhumanism program is where they're trying to go with it. So this is like the setup. If they can steer, steer it that way, you know what I mean? And they're they driving it kind of like uh, feminizing, you know what I mean? It, you know, and you can see that in the fashion as well. You got That's where you got to be careful to, to 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 let the fashion drive us. That's where. And not to, um, brother, I want you to continue right with that same thought. Hold that thought and, and continue with that. That's where it's frightening. Where uh, when when Jay made that call, I don't wear jerseys. It's thirty plus. He, he derailed the game right there. I love Jay. I'm a big fan of him. I know that's controversial, but I mean in that particular case. He derailed the game, and, and, and the, the hip hop identity was gone. And now it's like we do. We went to the button ups. Well, what makes that any different than, than 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 preppy culture or whatever other culture? And it's gone. And then what they did is they snatched the will. So now they're staring. They're staring from the front. What we wear. They're calling shots. You know what I mean? And we we kind of sort of think that we're driving, and then I don't think we're driving as much because that whole feminization thing with the skirts and the whole now, nah, like you said, that village type of look with the bright colors. And, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like to me. It feels. It feels like part of that whole program, that whole transhumanism program. But apart for breaking your thought, brother. No, 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 Cyrus. Let me let me let me throw it to you this way. And we know that all those things are part of the breakthrough. But let's let's look at the even greater breakthrough. We're all, we've always been driving this particular situation. Now the question is: Are we driving it consciously, mm. unconsciously, or subconsciously? You see, if you look at the '80s, we did a lot of things subconsciously and just innately. It was a very strong type of time. So let's, let's take, for example, we were talking about the different movements and things. Now, this is different into my manuscript, and it's, it's pretty much known, but let's take two pioneering brothers who were Hebrew back in the Harlem Renaissance, Duke Ellington and Louis Armstrong. Now, this is known in certain circles, and they used to rock the Magandai weed, which you know, people call the six-pointed shield. And you see them in the pictures, but nobody could really figure out why they were doing it. But if you look at the way Duke Ellington dressed, what was it that made that type of outfit renaissance? And all of them, of course, were, um, you know, jazz musicians in the same circle that, like, Rabbi Mordecai and Rabbi Ford and them were in. This is what I'm hoping to bring out to be that missing piece. I've always attempted to fill in the missing pieces 
And a lot of times you have so many voices nowadays and you have these people. I mean, like, you know, I almost feel like uh, I was telling my, one of my partners, I said it's almost like a battle rapper who missed his era. I would have loved to jump out in the debate era because all these debates jumping off, but a lot of these people are not necessarily qualified because they're not really, they don't really understand if, if you have a man named Michael and you have a man named Jordan, if you put those two energies together in those names, he wow. had to be successful. Wow. He had to be successful. The two ancient names. Wow. And if you look at the biggest, if you look at the biggest people culturally of the '80s, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Michael Tyson. Yeah, exactly. Because the the energy is always going to be there. Wow. You know, and we we say Mikael. The energy is always good. So what we need to focus on. Imagine if every single person listening to us now thought about your shoes and said. That's a positive thing. What you think is going to happen? It's about harnessing and getting the mind to focus at this stage because we know what the fashion is supposed to look like, but how did we let two or three people derail it? Right. Right. Absolutely. That goes to that goes into again this thing like I was trying to frame this conversation just to, to make sure to carry the energy that the brother brought. The brother Buddha brought a pup, the real illness. Who tech carried up a real ill energy um, um, those last the last couple of shows, and try to frame it into the fact that we are powering this system. Of course, we know this, but I mean, we can't over over stress the fact that you know the, the, that point. We, we we power their system. When you look at and in that conversation, in that framework, when you look at, I can't help but notice, you know, in the in the handling, and, and brother, brother, um, blue, I think uh, Sharice is definitely um in the queue. He's um he's pressing one. He's he's, he's texting me that he's pressed one. Um, so if you see that okay, number, that's three one five. Three one five. Yes, indeed. Yeah, three one five three eight one four. I just want to let me just carry this thought one yes, quick indeed. time. Like we we um when you when you look let at the handling, the just, and you can continue. Yes. All right, his line is open. Please continue. Okay. When you look at the um the, the the way that we're handled, right? We're the sleeping giant, right? We're gullible. I was trying to I was trying to when we were talking red in the in the Black National Theater, I was trying to remember the the, the brother Gulliver. Remember the, the character Gulliver? Gulliver. Right yeah. I couldn't get it. I yeah, couldn't get it off my tongue. Little, it. Yeah. When we get out of pocket, even in the sleeping state, we influence the world. When they, when Muhammad Ali jumped on the scene, that was a problem for them. He was way, they caught them off guard. Like, whoa, they can do that. Like, oh, he's a he's a problem. And he, you know, he they, they tried to wrestle and get him back under control. That's why I think when Mike Tyson started to do the same thing, they was like, this is another one coming down a barrel. He, they were on him years prior. I think Mike Tyson was wired. They lined him up years prior to even before he knew what was going to happen. Because they said he's going to be, you got to watch that yeah. box. That's why they, they dismantle in boxing. The, 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 the sport is dismantled because they're like, nah, turn that off. Because we can't handle it once they, Mike, Michael, Mike Jack, Michael Jackson, once we get that fall, it becomes a problem for them. They got to try to figure out how to shut him down because he's like, well, he's not really, he's not following his cues to, to, to shut up or to chill or whatever. Like he's moving in a dangerous way. Um, um, Jay Z is right there right now. I could name maybe two, two or three more, but Jay Z is exactly at that point. He's somebody who swelled up. He caught him off guard. I think this is the reason why they want to. This is all a control thing. This is the reason why they want to, of course, uh, uh, control. Um, you know, contr- control. That's why you know. I would say the sports industry is solidly handled. You can't really get out of that box. It's very difficult to get out of that box. They can shut you down immediately. But something like rock stars uh, and musicians, you can't really control where it's going to come from. And they shoot up, and then it's very slippery for them to handle. Um, and I, I, I wanted to just touch on that um, because 
uh, based on what Mateus said, you know, that's that's a very very powerful thing. This is this is the reason why, you know, opportunities like um, what we're dealing with now, you know, we got to capitalize on them because you know it won't. And I'm in a very heavily handled industry. I, I got beat up. They spotted me from a while because my father was, you know, my father I believe was on the radar. Without going into that, we don't have a whole lot of time. But I got beat up a little bit. They've been trying to take my legs out. Um, but I'm, you know, it's still like, you know, I'm still a problem. This the situation that we have now is, you know, it's a, it's a problem. But I'm, I'm gonna leave. I just wanted to expound a little bit on that thought, uh, brother. This, this touched on that was that was that was big. Um, brother Sharif. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace, peace. Peace. Yes, yes. What's going on, big brothers? All is well, peace. All is well. How are you? All right, peace. I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. It's been a busy weekend. Um, I hear. I, I hear. I hear a particular a particular Hebrew brother on the line. Shalom, my key. I ain't. I ain't talked to you in a minute, man. <laughs> hey, Shabbat Shalom. Shalom, Shalom. I'm I'm loving the conversation. Yeah, yeah, Islam, old man. I'm I'm loving the conversation. All of this is very, very powerful and needed conversation. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with the people on, you know, on the show, but to the listeners, I want them to understand that this level and this type of conversation is the type of conversation that the top fashion experts and these and designers and the top people at the levels, of, you know, in high levels of entertainment have on the regular. It's these types of conversations that they're actually having. It's not so much as they're not th- thinking of this stuff from the consumer standpoint of, well, do they like this and do they like that? When they talk about what's the next trend or what's trending now, they understand fashion and entertainment, fashion in particular, because it's a little more subtle than entertainment. Both of mm-hmm. these yeah. are technologies. Mm. They are tech tools mm. to do what? To create, manipulate, and guide culture. And culture is the means to automate an entire society. So, you, gotta, you know what I'm saying? We have, to, we have to start looking at it in this way. We have to look at custom collabo as a tool to perpetuate our societal direction, to perpetuate culture. We have to look at custom collabo as a technology. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. We have to look at it as a mm. high-tech tool. You know, we have to see it from that perspective. It's a means to an end, you know, but it's our means. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's our tool to automate society, you know. It's long. It's long. Wow, that you drove that home. I, um, Powerful. I, I wanted the brother to continue. He, you know, he brought that point right home. We were, so we were talking about the and and and, and, and brother Sharif, uh, uh, you know, honors big bro for for making this happen. I greatly appreciate oh, it once again. Yeah, love, greatly, man. greatly appreciate you making it happen. Um, yeah, I, I would like you to kind of chime in as we. I know I'm looking at the the time. If we have 15, 15 minutes, I know so. I'm gonna definitely touch on a few things that I know that we needed to go into, including actually the uh, we didn't have, we never put the uh, plug out there for. Um, you know, to get to the Kickstarter campaign is actually uh, you go to Kickstarter and you input custom collabo. Custom is spelled with a K on the front and a silent E on the end. K U S T O M E. Brother Nazi was telling me we're having a hard time finding it actually yesterday, and I guarantee it was probably the spelling. Um, but uh, and you can also go to uh, twenty two um, 
22s.com slash custom collabo. And that will also uh, 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 basically point you to the same to the same page. If you have a problem, that's 22, the number 22s.com slash custom collabo. Um, we were talking about the name uh, custom. So the, the, the name um, custom actually has a dual meaning. This is the mundane. And then the, uh, the word collabo um, basically deals with collaborations. This brand, what it's, what it's built to do, is to be uh, a, a, a you know constantly um, uh, those pro- the products our classic products will be uh, built with collaborations with other brands basically so that's kind of the thought on that it's kind of like a, another theme that's been trending uh, in footwear and in fashion for for a little while but um, I also think it's kind of similar is you know that's the mundane um, but I think it's also very symbolic and I, and I just want to open up a conversation here and see if I know you brothers are good with the math. Um, brother, brother Blue and Brother Red, but yeah. there's a lot of symbolism behind it being a shoe. Um, and, and actually, when Sharif, Todd, uh, yourself, Brother Blue Pill, and 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 Sister Abundance Child together, uh, Sharif, I don't know if you were gonna, you expected the the reaction that actually happened. I think Abundance brought on Nazi, and then she made a challenge. She challenged. She said, "If there's any you know reason that you know if there was ever you know reason that we should be able to unite behind something." You know, there's really no excuses on this. Sharif, I don't know if you want to touch on that energy the way that happened actually, a couple of days ago. I think that's symbolic. Uh, sure. Well, well. I, I, well, I'll start with the, with the start. It was, as you already know, it was a conversation between one of, you know, you know between those of us and Ali's men and um, one of our comrades by the brother, you know, a powerful brother by the, brother, by the name of um, Brother Snow Bay, made a suggestion. And he said, wow, it would be nice if we could get the pills in on this whole thing, you know, to help promote, you know, to, to promote the, um, the Kickstarter campaign. And so I saw, and then I saw the, uh, the conversation, and I wasn't even engaged in the conversation, but when I saw that, I said, you know what? It was just one of those things, again, duty calls. You know, when you say gratitude for, for helping make this happen, you know, I don't get points for doing what I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? That's what we're supposed to do. The European oh. and everybody else on the planet does this like knee jerk. It's just how they're built. That's how they're successful. So we, you know. So that being said, I saw. I said, "Wow, here's an opportunity. Here is a place where I can get in where I fit in and make some things happen simply by pulling people together." And so that's all I did. I can't even say it was great or amazing. I just happened to be that person that could link these key people together, and these key people are good people. You know what I mean? And they felt the spirit and the vibration and said, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's popping. We need to be a part of this. And they said, you know what? No doubt. Let's do it. And then guess what they did? They duplicated my effort. So I did that one thing by linking people together, and then they all linked people together. Now you got a movement in less than 24 hours. You know? Right. That's how it went down. Yes, that's the power of social media. You know, that's that's what these social networks should be utilized for, you know, to push around useful information and campaign, you know, not toxic gossip and things of that nature. So I'm always delighted when I see, you know, things come to fruition and us utilizing, you know, these 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 technologies the way that they're supposed to be used. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was again, it's just this is beautiful, brother. I mean I know, you know, you and I have talked about it and I'm sure, you know, you, you've already talked about it on this show, you know, where the campaign is right now. The people power is what's needed. Yeah, we, the we people do. power is what's needed. You know, finance, 
finance is good and the finance comes, but we need our people on board. We need to show that this product is a viable product and there's a demand for it. When there's a demand, then, you know, that, that's what justifies the supply. Without a demand, without a, a, without a, um, a pre-existing demand, then there's no viability for the supply. It doesn't justify the product, you know. And it's just that simple. It's just basic economics 101. So if, even if it takes, what, a dollar, all we need is the numbers. You know, get out there, right. go, to, go to the Kickstarter campaign, pledge your $1, and then ten, t- t- tell 10 of your friends to do the same thing. It's just that simple. Can I just share quick my analogy of that whole thing is family? This is another form of voting. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, and, it, sir. and it removes, yeah, and, and this, is a better, this is better than a form of, this is better than a traditional form of voting in a sense because you don't have to pick candidates. You don't have to deal with all of the uh, political strings and things of that nature. This is a very simple uh, pledge of a dollar or ten, even a hundred dollars, but it's similar to voting because it's, it's almost a it's almost a dry run in the practice too when we get to the polls the real voting aspect of coming together. Yes, sir, best, yes, sir. This is the best way to do it. Crowdfunding is a godsend. It is something that we actually manifested, family. We've been praying for this. We've been doing all kind of initiations. There are people who have you know left this planet before solutions like this presented themselves. So what I'm saying is. We have to demystify the fact that if something is revealed to us and is revealed to us from a European or Asian or Indian or or whatever, whoever, we still have to take ownership. We still have to find ourselves in it, and we have to take the technology and the formula that's being created with all of the things that are coming out of the Internet because we're living in the future right now, in the now. We're living in times that were prophesied, so we need to take crowdfunding very seriously, get this project done, Box it up, package it, get it going. Let's work on new projects after this one and keep right. the ball rolling. Right. Real talk. Real talk. And like Sharif like, like mm-hmm. was saying, all of it is dealing with people power. It's not about when are we going to get money. When are we, the, You are the money. That's right. The people in the relationships, you are the money. It's no magic dollars that are going to fall out of the sky and make it rain. You the money. You you would create you you could go from having zero dollars in your pocket today and link up with the right movement and the right people and you'll have a million dollars in your account in a few days. If you know what you're doing and you get around the right people, so the wealth is in the people that's in your network, your net worth is your network. So that's mm-hmm. what we're speaking about. We're speaking about it is we shouldn't even be as Moors right now who are active and that passive and we are out there, we are on the front line, we have proven ourselves to be worthy and, and upright moors. With all of the moors that are around the, um, the, the, the north of Mexico, we shouldn't even have to campaign long for this thing to pick up off of the ground and keep it moving. But even as a part of a community and a network who have benefited off of the information, and you know what the school of thought and the schools of discipline are all about, and you know that we are here uplifting fallen humanity, even you could be able to pledge. We, we should not even have to rely on one specific group because this is how networks come together and make it happen in a lightning amount of time. There are networks that are out there that we don't consider them to be part of our community, but there are also other communities that are out there that, you 
know, they utilize these formulas of crowdfunding and coming together and spending money with each other, and they make their things happen. So it's our time to shine, and let's make it happen. Absolutely. And the Renaissance, the Renaissance is a piece of history, too. I could definitely say that. Um, just based on this is what I do. Um, the, the integrity level that we bring, uh, that, that we're bringing to the table with that, um, and the way that that shoe is built, it's, it's, it's legendary. What, what's actually just happened in the past week, it technically makes it historic. And like I said, you got to keep in mind that, you know, this particular time, it's a blessing to be born now and to be, you know, born awake and, and you know, be able to have, be a part of this, 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 this epic um, push to, to wake up our brothers and sisters, to wake up ourselves, basically. Um, so the, the, the timing of this and just the way everything came together, it's historic on its own. I'm going to retire this. I'm going to actually retire. I would say get the renaissance right now. I'm going to around and retire that shoe maybe for a year or two just to give it, to charge it up. We were talking about how, you know, how to, how, how the science of making things relevant, you know. So I would say don't be afraid of, uh, actually forget about don't be afraid. Don't miss the opportunity to snag a petty because, you know, the shoe itself is bananas. It got, you know, we got air bladders and the sock liners. It comes out of a gold box. You got shoe bags and the spray kit, a cleaning kit comes in the box Packaging is, is, is crazy. You want to cop those while you can. And real quick, I wanted to touch on going forward, just, you know, some things to expect, uh, what we're going to do next. Um, like I said, the, the second name is collabos, collaboration. I'm looking to do some strategic collaborations. Um, I'm in talks right now with my other big brother, um, brother um, Groovy Lou. Um, I think it will be pound for pound looking at all the different brands that could collaborate. I want to do something with the brother. I was, you know, cool Herc actually came to the launch party. We actually did a brand launch in 2012 at WIP, um, and uh, Hurt came through. Shout out to uh, Glorious Corn because I had lost contact with Hurt. And, um, and, and Rev Run introduced me, long story short, Rev Run introduced me to Cool Hurt uh, a couple years ago, and we we were fast friends, believe it or not. The brother calls me, you know, on all different times, and, Brothers like Cool Herc and Africa Bambada need to be upheld. That's another one of my big things that I that kind of harp on. And I want to try to figure out how to do a. Um, I want to build. A, I want to build some something around. I'm not sure what it is yet. I, you know, I want to kind of hold off to to really give it the space to to let it create and turn to what it wants to be. But I want to. You yeah. know, it's a surprise. He, he won't know. We, but I want to build we something around Herc. Yeah, we could think, tank it, and then figure this one out because we gotta we gotta yeah. do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got to uplift those brothers um, and, and hold them up. These are our symbols. That's another thing where they try to shame us by personalities that are just, you know, that, that are. Yeah, I mean, the brother's up, but we got to hold, hold them higher than that. Him and Bam and Bam brothers like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, absolutely. And the, 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 um, the foundation family, we're talking about if this was the Matrix, some of the architects. Right. You know, the, exactly. The people exactly. who we claim are, are natural-born enemies, and these people are holding us back, and you know all of the all of the different idiosyncrasies that you hear people, you know, share. What I would say is, they know they will never even feel a threat. They don't feel threatened right. by anything that you do or trying to say, because they can look and see what you're doing with your elders and your pioneers, they see the way that you treat your pioneers, they see the way that you treat your OGs, they see the Absolutely. way that the architects, they will never feel worried, they will never feel any kind of, you know what I'm saying, they, yeah. they will never, come on man. 
we don't champion them until they're gone. Then we champion them. We go crazy. We go all out and all, you know, we go all in or whatever when they when they're gone. It's just like, you know what I mean, these, these brothers, these guys is walking the planet right now. You know what I mean? So I, that's definitely one. I had that up the sleeve. I, that was something um, exclusive for for the call. I also wanted to, um, you know, I, you know, it would be an honor. I think we should collab. I see what the brothers are doing with um, Pillars is doing with uh, Kings County as well. You know, and um, I think we should definitely. Uh, 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 you know, we, you know, I, I won't, I won't put you on a spot on a, on a call, but you know, we got. Um, I was definitely thinking about a collab, the collab there as well. But um, I'm looking at the clock, brothers. I'd like to thank you for. I, I didn't give, you know, of course I got to give praise, you know, praise and honors, honors to the prophet, praise Allah, honors to the prophet. Um, shout, shout out to you, brothers, for having me on. I greatly, greatly appreciate. Shout out to Ali, Ali's men. Um, as well, and shout to the brother Abelord came on and supported. You know, he, he actually brother Abelord is posted up. He pledged actually yesterday, and that was just a powerful thing, man. It's okay. like I communicate in order to get the unity, man. It's communication, and you got to communicate. Love is the kill- love is the first principle, and it's in communication. And um, you know, it's a fine thing, it's too fine for fleshy eyes to see. You know, when you feel that, you know, kind of like a genuine camaraderie. So honest, to the, how honest to the brother. All right, we're still going to be on. Um, I think they I had an issue scheduling it, so they, they kind of scheduled it kind of funny. So the live hall is going to expire in a few minutes, but we're still going to be on. We still have callers with their hands up in the call queue. Family, 347-637-2135. you got to call in. you got a minute left to continue this conversation with us. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. All right, you got a minute left. Please call in family to continue this powerful bill with us. All right, we're going to be going into um, you know overtime, pretty much. All right. So before you, you know, part with us, but I do got some hands up in the call queue. Definitely would love yeah, to be the, uh, the callers. That'd, okay. That'd be an honor. I got a lot. I mean, you know, like I said, I was I knew this. This is an intense show. You know, it's always an intense show. I'm a big fan of the show as well. So I really was, uh, you know, put put aside some thoughts. I mean, I could touch on a lot of things. I have some case callers that have, don't have questions and you want me to go in on something specific. We can, I mean, you know, we can touch on the Moors on the Move, um, you know, and the Moors on the Move actually ties to Cuff and Collabo. Um, you know, we can talk more about the 